guys. Welcome back to Typically Peachy. I hope that everyone had a fantastic weekend, is having a fantastic week. What's new with me? My week's going all right. My past weekend, however, was great. My boyfriend's brother, as well as one of our really great friends from home, came to visit us. So very fun. The four of us had a great time. We went to a lot of different restaurants. We had a lobster, oysters, which I don't know about you guys, but I am a huge, huge fan of seafood. I just love it for the experience too. Oysters and lobster are two things that eating them it's more than just a meal. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to crack the lobster, you have to slurp the oysters, you dress them up a little bit with cocktail sauce before you eat them. I love all of that. It makes it feel like you're not racing through to the end of the meal, but you're truly enjoying every single step of it. We also went to some bars, saw some of our friends here in Chicago, and just had an overall really amazing time spending time with one another It's always so fun to have guests here, and we love too that our apartment can actually accommodate some more people. It feels nice to truly be able to host. Other than that, the only other new thing is that before our guests got here this weekend, me and my boyfriend went to go see the new Top Gun movie, and we absolutely loved it. I will talk a bit more about that in the What's Good section of this podcast, but before we do that, let's get on to the rest of this. What's hot this week? Last week, I told you guys some new things coming to theaters this month, and this week, I'm sharing some content that is leaving a streaming platform this month. According to Glamour.com, here is a list of everything leaving Netflix in June 2022. Some things that have already left this month, Documentary Now, Seasons 1-3, through Lady Bird, The Night Shift, Seasons 1-4, through and Vampire Academy. And then the ones that are slated to leave, leaving June 13th, Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, Seasons 1-5, through leaving June 17th, Silver Linings Playbook, a movie that I personally really like. I guess I'm going to have to find somewhere else to watch that one. Leaving June 23rd, Rain, Seasons 1-3, through leaving June 29th, Criminal Minds, Seasons 1-10. through I feel like that's a sad one for a lot of people. I used to watch Criminal Minds religiously. And leaving June 30th, a bit of a long list, Corpse Bride, Desperado, Eagle Eye, Escaping the NXIVM Cult, A Mother's Fight to Save Her Daughter, The Exorcist, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, very sad about that one, I love that movie, Godzilla, Happy Gilmore, Her, How to Train Your Dragon, Into the Wild, Joan Rivers, Don't Start With Me, which I've been wanting to watch, so I definitely need to watch that before it leaves Netflix. Just Go With It, another movie that I love. They're getting rid of all the movies that I watch before I go on a tropical vacation. That's not sitting well with me. Another one leaving, Looper, Memories of a Geisha, Midnight in Paris, My Fair Lady, The Originals, Seasons 1-4, through Shrek Forever After, and Stand By Me. And then personally, for some background, I picked this story because I was watching The Social Network on Netflix and I saw that it said on there after it ended that the movie was going to be off of Netflix on July 1st. That's what made me even look this up in the first place because I was thinking, if one of my favorite movies is leaving, I need to know what else to be mentally prepared for. So now you guys are as well. If any of these movies or TV shows are your favorite, 
make sure to watch them before they leave Netflix. Of course, they will probably be available on Amazon Prime to purchase, but kind of annoying, especially when it's a movie that's more than just a one-off watch movie for you. Like Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Just Go With It, The Social Network. Those three are movies that I feel like I've watched on Netflix multiple, multiple times. So now anytime that I want to watch them, I'm going to have to buy them. Kind of a bummer, but I guess we're going to have to be adaptable. Hopefully they're being replaced with movies that I also really love. Alright guys, next up on what's hot is a story that I feel like I never saw coming. The Washington Post writes, Singer Mariah Carey is being sued over her yuletide earworm, All I Want for Christmas is You, by a songwriter who alleges it infringes the copyright of his song with the same title, which was released five years before her 1994 smash hit. I can't believe that song came out that long ago. Insane. Andy Stone, whose stage name is Vince Vance, part of the band Vince Vance and the Valiants, filed a lawsuit against Carey on Friday in a New Orleans federal court. He is seeking at least $20 million in damages and alleging copyright infringement and unjust enrichment, among other claims. Carey is named in the suit along with her co-writer Walter Afanasif and the music company Sony. The court documents describe Vance as a self-employed artist who in 1989 co-wrote a song titled All I Want for Christmas is You and recorded it in a studio in Nashville. It was later released and quote, received extensive airplay during the 1993 Christmas season, began making appearances on the Billboard music charts. Carrie's song with an identical name, but not identical lyrics and music, was released in 1994 on her album Merry Christmas. The lawsuit contended that Carrie and the other defendants, quote, never sought or obtained permission from Vance to use, reproduce, or distribute the song and accuses them on infringing his copyright. Carrie has yet to publicly comment on the lawsuit. Sony Music did not immediately respond to a request for comment early on Saturday. Carrie's song has become a Christmas classic and a staple of the holiday charts each year, making it unclear why the lawsuit has only now been filed. The Washington Post also writes, Copyright does not generally extend to song titles alone, with dozens of registered entries for All I Want for Christmas is You at the U.S. Copyright Office as of Saturday. The court documents say Vance's lawyers initially made contact with Carrie and others in April 2021 and followed up with the letter in December. This suit said, Even after communicating the concerns with defendants, Plaintiff was unable to come to any agreement over usage of the All I Want for Christmas is You. I find this to be so interesting because like it said in this article, why now? This song has been out since 1994. So now in 2022, I know it said that they initially reached out in 2021, but still a year ago. Okay, so 2021, that's crazy that this would be surfacing now. It kind of makes me feel like this person maybe got some legal advice recently that they could sue and that's why it's all happening now. You know, like maybe he wasn't even aware that he was able to. Somebody found his song and was like, hey, you can sue. I have no idea if this is a winnable case, if it actually infringes on copyright laws. No clue whatsoever. Like it also said in this article, many songs are titled All I Want for Christmas is You. Maybe if you're the first and you have a copyright on it, that means something more. But honestly, I don't know why without any knowledge of this, I just feel 
like it's going to be very hard for this guy to get his 20 million dollars that he's seeking but i guess we'll see if he is awarded i'm sure that it's going to make news so i'll let you guys know of any updates but for now when the holidays roll around i might be checking out this guy's song too because i'm just curious but listening to it in june seems a bit premature so i think i'm just gonna hold off but either way i have to say this is definitely not going to stop me from listening to Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas during the holiday season. It's a staple. It puts me in a good mood. It makes me happy. And it makes me want to just celebrate. Hopefully by the time December comes around, I'll remember to listen to the song titled the same name by this guy. I guess we'll see if this story remains relevant. That's it for what's hot. Now let's get right into what's good. Like I told you guys, last Friday, me and my boyfriend went to go see the new Top Gun movie, Top Gun Maverick, and I came out of that movie with such a positive feeling, so I had to share. Here's your summary. After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Maverick Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. Training a detachment of graduates for a special assignment, Maverick must confront the ghosts of his past and his deepest fears, culminating in a mission that demands the ultimate sacrifice from those who choose to fly it. As I think most people know, as the first movie did, this movie stars Tom Cruise, this movie also stars Miles Teller, Jennifer Connelly, John Hamm, Glenn Powell, Lewis Pullman, Ed Harris, Val Kilmer. Such a fantastic cast. I thought that Tom Cruise did a great job. Also, Miles Teller. I love to see him in a role like this. This movie, I can honestly say that I'm pretty sure is one of the best revivals that I have seen. It gave me such a feeling of nostalgia, and I thought that they did it in the most tasteful way. It wasn't too much from the past, but it wasn't too much new. It was just perfect. And I had seen the first movie, but I'm not an ultra super fan. And this movie, I do feel like you could be that ultra super fan and have loved the first one, like your favorite movie in the entire world. And this would satisfy a lot of the things that you would want to see in a revival. But on the other hand, if you had never seen the first movie and had only seen this movie... I feel like you would also leave this movie saying that was fantastic, I want to see it again. And what it made me really excited for is how I'm going to feel watching movies that I love that were made in present day later in my life. And if there was a revival of those, would I feel like that first movie was so iconic that it would allow the second movie, given the right amount of time and the right amount of care, to be as great? because I feel like most revivals really miss the mark. And the problem is, is that a lot of people feel like it can never live up to the original. But to create a revival in a way that honors the first, while being able to stand on its own, is so special. Because that's really what it felt like. It felt like this movie was a moment. They didn't do it too soon after the first one. They didn't wait too long so that they still were able to have some original cast members, which is a really cool element. The timing just seemed so right for this release. I just thought that they did a phenomenal job. My only critique on it 
is that I wish that they had made Miles Teller's character a little bit more talented. It's not that he's not talented, and I don't want to give any spoilers away, but if you see the movie, I feel like you'll understand what I'm talking about. Maybe more specific than just saying more talented, I wish he was uniquely talented. Like one specific thing that really set him apart, instead of him just catching up with the others. Again, if you've seen this movie, maybe this makes sense to you, maybe you agree, maybe you completely disagree and feel like they did his character in the complete right way. And if you haven't seen the movie yet, I recommend watching it in theaters because it was a premium experience, but of course, if you prefer to stream it, it is on Paramount Plus and Apple Prime. Overall, fantastic. I'm sure that I will be seeing it again very, very soon. Alright guys, next up for what's good... I have some products, and products that are all within the same vein, but I wanted to make sure that I included them all because I just simply could not pick one as my favorite. These products are lip glosses. We are in the summer season, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but there is something so summery about a gloss. It feels kind of effortless, even though it's very visible. There's something about a gloss with just a little bit of color on it that is light, that is fun, and that I just cannot get enough of. So here are my top glosses for you guys that I feel like you should definitely try this summer. First up is one that I have definitely talked about before. It is the Pat McGrath Lip Gloss in the color Flesh 6. It's kind of a rusty red color is the best that I can describe it, but it is probably, in my opinion, the best lip gloss that gives you actual color. You know, a lot of lip glosses, they do come on really light. There's not a lot of color on them. So I typically pair them with a lipstick or a lip liner. But this lip gloss, you don't need anything else. Only this lip gloss. Of course, you can layer it on with something else, but this very much works as a standalone product as well. The next suggestion that I have are actually three lip glosses from the same brand. I've recommended this brand before, but at the time I only had one color, and this brand is Fenty Beauty. I'm sure a lot of you guys have used them before, but if you haven't, I highly recommend because it is the most smooth-feeling lip gloss I think you will probably ever feel in your life. It just feels so nice on your lips, and a little goes a long way, which means it will last you incredibly long, so you get a lot of bang for your buck. The three colors that I have are Fenty Glow, which is kind of like the original one, which I think might be my favorite. It's kind of a rosy pink with a little bit of a hue of a deeper orange in there, and it has a little bit of shimmer as well, which is always fun. The next color I have is Sweet Mouth, and this one is a very, very light pink. It gives a minimal amount of color, but this is a really nice one to pair over your favorite lipstick color. It just gives it that shine, that shimmer that you want on top. Both of these two, this one and the one that I just suggested, are called Gloss Balm. So that's the lip gloss line that they're under. Definitely two staples to have. The last lip gloss that I have from Fenty Beauty is called Fenty Glow. So again, the same name as the first one, but this one is under the line Gloss Balm Cream. So the difference between this is that it's a little bit more pigmented. Because it's a cream, it definitely gives off more color. It's in a rosy color, and also there's no shimmer to it. So it's purely just a gloss. And personally, I love to have both options because sometimes I'm feeling in the mood for glitter. 
Sometimes I'm not. And the last lip gloss that I have to suggest to you guys is the newest for me. But I am currently obsessed. The product is called Full On Plumping Lip Cream from the brand Buxom. And it's in the color Dolly. Full disclosure, I usually hate plumping anything. I just don't like how it feels on my lips. It feels completely unnatural to have your lips be burning. I know that that's a part of it. It helps them plump. But I am not for my lips feeling completely uncomfortable. This product, guys, is your solution to that. It's still technically a plumping lip gloss, but it does not burn at all. It actually cools. It feels like you just put like a cooling chapstick on your lips or something. It's so nice. It gives your lips such a full look. I put it over a lip liner or a light coat of lipstick. It looks gorgeous every time. And it also smells delicious. To be honest, all of these lip glosses that I've suggested to you guys smell really great, which I feel like is a non-negotiable. At this point, there are so many lip glosses out there. It should smell fantastic. It should make you want to put it on. So all of these products definitely have that going for them as well. I highly recommend all of them, all of these brands. These are my tried and true ones that I am using on the daily, especially in the summertime. And one of the best parts, you can get all of them in one place. I bought all of these at Sephora. So a one-stop shop for you guys. Of course, if you want to go on their individual websites, you absolutely can. Just search the product names and the colors and you will find the exact ones that I am loving right now. Okay guys, rounding out what's good, your songs of the week, two that were on New Music Friday last week that I absolutely love, cannot stop listening to them, Questions by Lost Frequencies and James Arthur, and Bathroom Light by Mount Joy. You can find them both on our Spotify playlist, Typically Peachy, What's Good. Alright guys, now let's get right into Need to Know Basis. The topic this week came pretty organically based on what I've been feeling a little bit about some things that I've been working on, and then that mixed kind of perfectly with a podcast that I had recently been listening to. In the podcast, it's called I Love You So Much with Kenzie Elizabeth. She had a guest on, and they were just talking about her life, her career, her trajectory, everything that she's done so far. And the guest said something, which really resonated with what I had been feeling lately. And I can't remember if this is an original quote or if she heard this somewhere. But what she said is, if it started perfect, you started too late. That sentiment is something that I feel like right now I'm constantly reminding myself. The idea that greatness isn't made from the beginning. It's worked at, and it's earned, and it's a process. And I think that when you start something new, that sometimes can be an incredibly hard concept to put at the forefront of your brain. Greatness does not happen at the beginning. It is not perfect from the start. And if it is perfect from the start, like she said on that podcast, you've started too late. What that essentially means is to just put something out there. Just start. Because if you wait so long for something to be perfect, you're never going to do it. Perfection is one of the greatest halters. It can stop you right in your tracks. 
And the thing about it too is that if you are somebody that tends to be a perfectionist and maybe you're even a selective perfectionist, maybe you don't perfect everything, but it's only the things that you're extremely passionate about or things that you feel have a lot of potential. I think that's what it is for me. I'm not a perfectionist with everything, but there are some things where I feel like I grasp onto them so tight that sometimes it's hard for me to let them go, to let them be out there. But the problem is that a lot of times, if you feel similarly about that as I do, it's never going to be perfect, even when it's out there, or you think that you've made it to wherever you want to be. Whether that be your passion projects, or your career, or your personal life, or whatever it is. I've talked to a lot of people about this, and it seems that the bottom line is that we are really all just figuring it out. Even the people that are seemingly in the best situations don't always know what they're doing. I would say that they mostly don't know what they're doing. They may have a trajectory and a day-by-day, but long-term next steps are pretty uncertain for a lot of people. So assuming that starting from perfect is going to lead you to whatever you consider success is really just prolonging the process. It doesn't give you any opportunity to see where that thing could go. Maybe you release something and you don't feel like it's where you want it to be. But now that it's out there, you have the opportunity to make changes. If you start with it perfect, or the closest to perfect as is in your eyes, where do you go from there? What if people don't respond to it? What if you don't respond to it anymore? There's a difference between holding something close to you and thinking that it's perfect, and then putting it out there, and you could have a completely different opinion on how you feel about it. And for me, I think about this podcast all the time, that truly, if I had just waited for it to be exactly what I wanted it to be, or for me to be, quote, ready to release it, it never would have seen the light of day. Why would it? I don't think that it's perfect now. I love it. I love where it's at. I love where it's going. But perfect? No way. Like I told you guys a couple weeks ago, we just got a microphone for this podcast. You know, like imagine if I had waited until I got a microphone to record my first episode. That would have been almost two years of not recording. It just doesn't make sense. You just have to gloss over the greatness. Don't put so much importance on it. Use the energy that you would put into the first iteration of it being perfect to just starting it and make changes along the way. And this goes for every aspect of our lives. So many of us with jobs and careers will start in one industry and learn what we like and we don't like, and completely pivot, and probably multiple times in our lives. We will live in one city, we will live in another, we will find another place that gives us the best of what we do like and leaves out the worst of what we don't. Nothing should start perfect. The prospect of trying to is so stressful. Let that go. And by the way, like I said at the beginning of this, I am telling this to myself as much as I am telling this to you guys because there is a lot in my life that I feel like I do tend to put that pressure on. I told you guys when it comes to something that I'm really passionate about or I really believe in, I want it to be the best that it can be. But the evolution into it being the best that it can be is so much better. I know that. I'm just trying to remind myself over and over again because at the end of the day, it's an excuse. 
It's an excuse that I'm sure a lot of you guys tell yourselves why you're not doing something. Leaning on the fallback of perfection, of greatness. I don't want to keep doing that. I want to get far, far away from that. As far away as possible. I just want to remember how I felt when I released this podcast. When I had no intention of it being even close to what I would want it to be one day. I just wanted it to be something. And it can't be anything if you're in a holding pattern. So if you guys have been feeling like the one stopping you from doing anything right now is yourself, let's all make a pact for the second week in a row to keep each other accountable because it's better to do it together. And when there are people on your team, on your side, which we definitely all are here at Typically Peachy. So together, we're going to stop stunting ourselves and release the idea of starting with perfection. Let's focus on the evolution. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you have a great rest of your week, a fantastic weekend. Spend some time with the people that you love. Say something nice to a stranger. Gloss over greatness. And don't forget to stay peachy, my friends. (laughs) 